You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. On a somber note, before we start the uh, podcast here, just want to, you know, the thing that happened yesterday, horrible, mm-hmm. um, you know, another school um, shooting, most people will know about it by now. Of course. Horrible, thinking of all the people, you know, I couldn't even, I, I was trying to comprehend it yesterday, the people who were involved, you know? You mean parents? How, stuff. Yeah. How you, how you Not do Not just it. parents, there were grown-ups too. Yeah, all like the teacher who shielded all the... Who threw herself in front of the kids to save them. Like, everybody who's involved in it. Like, it's it's just horrible. And it's never-ending. Like, um, I mean, the ripples of that are just incredible. And then the, you know... I don't know if it's frustrating or if it's acceptable that often the person who does it just ends their own life right there on the spot and that's it you never get that thing we want which is like the guy who did the movie theater he's alive and in jail and can tell you right if he ever would tell you exactly what he's thinking exactly why you have the opportunity with these kind of this just and this was a 20 year old yes he's a grown man but you also think well is it kind of a young do you know what person well i was thinking yesterday when i was seeing all the coverage going on I was thinking that we shouldn't even acknowledge, uh, you know, like they go into depth and then give you the character profile of the person. I don't think we should even acknowledge the person. I don't think we should say who it is. Because you think that some of them are trying to get fame or something after they're dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like, that was their idea, like, to become a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think it should be acknowledged. I don't think they should release the name of the person. I think they should just tell the public. Oh, I don't you know, think they that killed would themselves. Work, or... People wouldn't accept it, though. It's just—it's like a circus. I was watching it yesterday, and it's just like, <sighs> and, and the same with that one with the uh, in the cinema, uh, and the, this one in China with the yeah. stabbings on the same day. Yeah, it's been a horrible year for this kind of. Uh, I'm sure it's always horrible. But this I mean, stuff. There are horrible things going on in the whole world all the time. It's just that. That one, these things just, obviously, the news kind of... My sister was really pissed and posted on Facebook that they were watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer last night on regular TV. Right. And three times they interrupted the show to talk about the killings. Like a scrolling text. No, interrupted with news stories. Oh, right, yeah, well, kids don't want to know about that. That's what, she was mad. She's like, were they not even thinking? Well, I mean... Children be watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Well, yeah, they were thinking. They just... No, they weren't. So that kind of stuff is what makes you think, like, oh, I mean, it's a, it's done. We can't undo the thing that's done, but they need to. And I think, like, why do they say then the investigation is going to go on and like for a really long time? Because, like... It's done, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but then you think, well, maybe they, there's something we don't know. But And if I sound funny to everyone, it's because I'm getting a cold. Correct. <laughs> the gift of Christmas cold. Exactly. All right, so it is Saturday, December the 15th, uh, 2012. This is after the show, number 254. After the show is... <sighs> That's what it is. It's a boring <laughs> show where you... I just, I just said I don't feel well. It is us watching a movie. After the show. Well, that show isn't us watching a movie. We watch a movie and then we talk about it. And sometimes we yawn. <laughs> yeah, so... No, 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 you're not boring me at all. I just feel very, very unstable. All right, so uh, the movie we're looking at this week is Ruby Sparks. It's a 2012 movie. It came out on Blu-ray uh, on the 30th of October, so um, it got stuck in my... I, I keep meaning to review oh, it, yeah. and then it got stuck in my look. But yeah, it's available now. You can go and get it now. It's rated R. The tagline is, she's out of his mind. Um, it's rated R. Yeah. It is rated R, yeah. I'm not sure why, but it no. is. Maybe the themes. Some of the themes. Huh. Some things that people talk about. Um, there's some swearing. Yeah, but not bit. for R rated R. <clears throat> That's weird. I, never, I just thought it was PG-13. Nope. It is not. Wow. Maybe they cut out some parts we didn't see. No. There's nothing rated R in us about that movie. Um, not even one. There wasn't t- even one sex scene. 
There's no nudity. about sex, maybe? No, there wasn't. Not even one thing. Just adult themes? Nope. Well, that can't make it rated R. Mm. That's bizarre. It is a... Yeah. Let me I just double check. I don't... I'm not doubting you. No, I'm just double checking. Just a, Yeah, rated R for... So small. <laughs> Language. Including sexual themes. Hmm. Okay. Language. When she says some things, yes. Um, I guess. But, mm. yeah, it doesn't no. really cross that line. All right, so, uh, yeah, it's uh, from our friends at Fox, and Sid Talk here is going to give you the synopsis of Ruby Sparks. Um, our leading man is a writer, and he can't think of anything to write. He's desperately lonely. He was a genius, apparently, at some point, and wrote a really famous book when he was a young kid, 19 years old, and then, obviously, nothing has happened in 10 years. He can't quite come up with something else. Yeah. yeah. And um, he starts to write about a young woman, and she appears to him (laughs) in a vision or something. I don't know how to describe it, but she appears. All right, so... um, It's a love story. Yeah, let's say there'll be some spoilers here. So I would say go and see this movie first, as usual, and then come back and listen. Because I don't... You know, a lot of this hinges on... Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And I was completely unaware what this was about, so that's the best way to see it, definitely. It's one of yeah. those movies. So, um, Ruby Sparks, what do you reckon? I liked it. I think. I'm surprised it was written by a young woman, because the, la- the young woman who plays Ruby is the woman who wrote it. It's very man-centric. Until we get to some very pivotal points. Oh, I think that it's are a bit super- both. A bit no, only book. certain points are, like, super from a woman's point of view. And then the rest of it is very man-centric. This sort of tormented man needing a woman so desperately that he has to make her up. And then, or, like, and makes her a certain way. And one of the lines from the movie, when the character says, women aren't going to like this woman. Because she's troubled and she's artsy and all this kind of stuff. And I totally agree. And she's... Women don't sympathize. She's not really a person as well. She's not he was a whole person. Because like he was this, writing her from a month. Yeah, she's like this quirky, like troubled, and she's got all these things, and she's free-willed and roams around all over the place. And no, you don't identify with it because it's not a real person. Right, and that was the point. Yeah. Um, that the, char- the character is also mixed up inside, and he doesn't know also know what he wants, so he's... Then when I hear it's written by a woman, then I realize, writing from the point of view, that this is what men want a woman to be. Beautiful, tame, but a little bit quirky, but completely under their control, so that nothing outside of their little circle is allowed. But as long as she stays inside that little bubble, and then once she starts to not be in that bubble, that's when the... Now, I I have to say, I really like this movie. I think it... you know, it's a romantic comedy at heart, right? But um, it's a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, it's not... Your, see, how, how it came across to me was not like a stupid Hollywood comedy. Even though it has airs of pretentiousness, which all these kind of movies seem to have to have for some reason. Like, obviously as a writer, it's a kind of a bit of a pretentious world he's in. But, you know, there's always an element of unreality to movies like this, to me. Like, the places that they live, the yep. the lifestyles they lead, they're just alien to me. Like, like when we watched um, Lola Versus. That would have been a great story if it wasn't so layered with the 20-something shit, right? And this kind of has a bit of that, too. But I had to strip that away in my mind a little bit, because the story is actually fantastic, I think. It's a... It's a comedy up to a point, and then it gets really dark. Exactly. And there's a scene in this movie that's so dark when you've... Actually, maybe why it's an R-rated, when you're dealing with when he... Like, it's almost like a God moment. Yep. Where he's... Yep. He just stands up and walks across the room, and the, and it's kind of foreboding. And yep. he sits down, and what he does then, it's this... It's to think of the concept of it. It's what people do to people. Exactly. But he's doing it in this 
nasty. Like I like when you have an argument with somebody. It's and just the, all the idea is, as a person in a relationship, you want to control the other person to a certain degree. We all do. I want you. I want this, 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 and this about you, but I don't like this, 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 and this, so let's get rid of all that. Right. I only want the parts I want. He has been given, somehow, the power to make her whatever he wants, but in there he... He still doesn't like He wasn't that. able to fill in everything. Right. Because he couldn't make her... She's super complicated, as we all are. So in that moment, he's been given... The God. power. Yeah. And not... In a real in real relationships, people do that by bullying and violence, and they will control the other person that way, or even mental control, you know, not mental control, like... Yeah, control, and in, but, a, in a different movie... But if, he's given that power, he's then he gets to see like, what it's like. Right, and then when he says... When she's not behaving exactly how he wants, and it's kind of bumming him, bumming him a bit that she's she's upset and stuff, and he says he writes down... You know, she's very happy. And then she's, like, too happy. And it's, yeah. like, annoying because it feels forced, like... and Forced, exactly. Right. So the, I love all those elements. I think it came together really well. I mean, because it didn't go too goofy with it, which it could have done. Yeah, like, oh, opposite. let's make her do stupid shit. Let's make her have sex and give a blowjob. It's not yeah. like that. They kind of go higher than that, which I'm glad. Because when the concept got introduced and then he was with his brother and they were, like... Uh, you know, hinting at the fact that they were going to do sexy shit with her. I was like, no, don't do that. But the thing is, in the context of the movie, he's a dude writing an idealized image of a woman. Right. And in reality, Zoe... What's her name? Zoe... I mean, yeah, Zoe's Kazan. Kazan. Writes an ideally idealized version of a man right. who would never do that. Right, yeah, She's exactly. written the two opposites. She's written the artsy-fartsy Antonio I mean, Banderas guy, who's like a freaky artsy guy. Stereotypes, as well. She's written the business-slash-sporting-loving brother, who's the like... Right, uh, uh, and uh. him who's the... He's not terrible, though. But, I thought at first he'd be terrible, and then he kind of mellows no, and then, out. then the writer who is awkward troubled and Troubled, and inept. the kind of dude who a lot of women are drawn to because they're troubled, and they need a lot of, oh, maybe I can help him, maybe I can fix him. So in that way, reality is... She's writing versions of people, and she's saying that he's writing versions of a woman. It's just what we do. It's all parallel in each other. And it's all when you, it's all that first part of a relationship. I meet you in the beginning, and we have this, like, I'm going to be able to fix that. Let's keep moving it. Um, I don't know. It's just 100% true. It's like we can't accept other people for completely who they are. And what in I, real, real what, life. But what I love about that is where she, where they were saying in the extras, the concept of because that's this is the concept of the movie that like in real life we, you know, marry people or, or whatever, hook up with people. In this case, don't you know? Yeah. And then we, you know, we you can't fully accept everything, but we do. You want the parts that no, you want. No, but we do though, right? No, I mean we actually do. Like, like. I might think, oh, there's certain things I don't like about you, but you still don't like I don't them. want them to change. No, because it's not, what you is. But that's not true. Because if you could change some things, you would. No, I actually wouldn't. And uh, in fact, that's what I was thinking about. When he, if if somebody gave me that piece of paper and said, just write the things out. No, I would not, because that would change you. And that's the the idea of this movie. When he does start to like, um, kind tries of to tweak it, tweak yeah. her. She, she's nothing. She's empty, isn't she? She's it's it's. And you could say even, de- I, mean, I don't know that she intended it, but when he tries to do really general changes, like she's... She's, she's just whatever she is. She's happy or sad, whatever. And then it's like, oh, well, then I it's I, Then it's like too extreme. But then like, when he says she's super joyous, well, then she's just... <laughs> like she's, a man, like she's on drugs, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, like... Then he writes that she's miserable. Or then I think what he wrote is like, she can't live without me or something. We yeah, didn't see that. Yeah, and then that. she was hanging clinging. That was so awesome yeah. because... You get this. You get this thought, this vibe from some people. That's what they really want. They want their mate person to be so needy and so dependent on them that they that they're that. Yeah, and, and that he, is like and, a physical manifestation. And what I like about all these things that they introduce in this. That's movie. so sweet, by the way. What you said. Thank you. <laughs> I, what I like about I'm not all sure these. Sure, if I could. Have said the same thing. 
Well, nice. No, absolutely. Or I would. Or you don't. You leave someone when you can't. And that's what I'm saying. Things, you you accept you? things. You accept everything. You go. Oh, I don't like that. But then you go. Like I say, that's what this movie is explaining. When you, if you do try and change a person, or that is the heart of this movie. If you try and if if they're not right, then they're not right for you. However. It doesn't mean that you have to accept things just say, you know, by saying like, well, we need to accept people for who they are. That doesn't equal accept someone who's horrible and abusive, no. anything like that. And that. It doesn't really. But some people take it that way. Well, I have to love him no matter what. Yeah, and that's and not right. what, you know, he hits me, but he can't help it. That kind of thing. So you're skirting a line. But when we skip over the bad things that could happen in this situation where he's there's nothing bad that he's written in or anything it's just that no and that's what i liked about the movie it elevated itself over the you know oh yeah. we can make her do what she wants me and me bro uh okay she's in lingerie she's going to give us a both a blowjob you know like the man yeah they he, they hinted at it the brother would have instantly right but he's doesn't right so the things he does write on the paper they really fit with him, like, because he's... What he needs. He's lit- needed. Liter- you know, he needs someone to be all the things he made her. A right. good cook. She's got, like, a troubled background. Therefore, she's worldly. She's artsy-fartsy. He's written a little bit of his mother understands in there. Understands his... Yeah. Understands what he does and all those things. But that's all he wrote. There was nothing else to no. her. Nothing like... And that's what as his it, bro- as that it was, plays out. That was awesome when he's he give his brother the paper to read, and the brother says, "Yeah, you you've not had many women, have you?" Like, and then he explains about his relationship with his wife. He says everything in it is just like a man writing about a fantasy woman. That's not a real woman. And when he said, like, you know, there's there's times where I think about my wife. <laughs> And she's, she's, crazy. she's a spiteful bitch. I, like, <laughs> oh, he says, like, she come home and she's a spiteful bitch. I don't understand her, like, fully. I don't get it. But this person, that's what he's saying. It's empty, this. So when he does go ahead and imagine this, well, when this woman a- appears, she's this... Empty. Yeah, well, she's not f- empty. She's just not finished. That's how I see her. Oh, yeah. She ain't... Like, if, like, that cover, like, the, on the cover, there's a outline of her there's a printed page and there's a woman like cut out of the page it's like she's three quarters of that because he didn't fill in he, he doesn't understand women properly because he's had this other girlfriend one girlfriend right who we meet in the movie who we find out leaves because he wants her to be what he wants her to be yes and nothing else right and she says because we encounter her later in the story that he, the only one you wanted to love is you and ultimately, when the psychiatrist says to him, go home and write about someone who loves your dog, but meaning him unconditionally, that's him. He right. wants to be in a relationship, I mean, this sounds like Freudian or whatever, but like with his own self. Semi-troubled, semi-difficult, yeah. um, but full of love and wants to love somebody, but in that sort of like, oh, I'm troubled kind of way. And there she is. But I made her. Right. But she's got all these things that are interesting and funny. She loves zombie movies and, you know. It's portions We all of him. like to do that. Yeah. Um, so I really like, like I said, romantic comedies. Yeah, he put a little bit of every. He put a bit of his ex girlfriend in her. He put his mother in her. Yeah, everything. Yeah. So bits of romantic comedies they often come across to me as really dumb and like, uh, I just like to say Hollywooded up. Like, it's just too much. It's it's too over the top. It's too. Now this is an over the top concept because it's a real. You have to grasp this concept and run with it. It's not. Um, it's, it's a Groundhog Day kind of thing. You yeah, don't, you don't get a thing. Uh, you, it just happens. You yeah, have to just go, go with it. it. And uh, like, yes, it's there's some ridiculous elements to it, but is there? Like, you know, it's. It, but then you have to learn to accept that it is. It's a metaphor for life. It's right. not. Yeah, you know, they're not so, trying to. So tell I just it see it as a really. I think I think it's clever. I think it's intelligent. And then when you think back at the end of it about everything it's telling you, it's it's telling you a lot of things. Like there's one moment. When he goes to see his mom and her new husband, or however long they've been, his stepdad. And it's, you know, she's kind of artsy-fartsy, and she's like, look at our garden, and oh Did they remind God. you of the Meet the Fuckers parents? <laughs> a little bit, but... <laughs> Not what I, what I found was interesting was, he's looking at his mother, she's this fully hippied out, she's living with yeah. this dude, and she's wanting to paint again, all these things, and he 
says to his to Ruby, that's not her. It's like she's been brainwashed. Yes, he does. And yet, his mother now has fully realized who she wants to love right. and who she is. And yet, because it doesn't fit what he wants her to be, he remembers her as yeah. the mom who wore a polo Hold shirt. Tight, like. And that's what he wants. And now that she's found her own self... There's something wrong with her. That's so it tells you even more about su- him. There's loads of layers of stuff. And um, at first I thought this is going to be when the realization, when she stood there. Yeah. The weird science moment, I call it. Because it's kind of like that. She all of a sudden. Yeah. And she's, hello, like, oh my god. She's thinking it's a modern day weird science. Almost, but not silly. Right? But even in weird science, they couldn't pull, bring themselves uh-uh. to, like, they were in the shower with her. But she had, they had, like, their clothes on, and she wasn't even naked. Right, and that's just the because they're young and, like, scared of her, right? Yeah. It's too much for them. Again, they were given too much power. Yeah. They didn't a, know what the hell to do with it. Yeah, it's it's a very good, it was a good parallel in movies, because yeah. they didn't know... What they could do with someone that they've created. This perfect woman who, again, isn't 100% perfect either. Well, I wish we, someone needs to make a sequel to that. Well, wait, In sorry. this day and age, you can make it such an awesome special effects, particularly what I'm thinking of. But let's go back and revisit those guys 20 years later. <laughs> and one of their sons makes a woman. So, yeah, I, I loved where this was going. And I was hoping it wasn't going to get stupid. Never got stupid. Always was good. And then that really dark moment at the end, it blew me away. It was... It was um, yes. You know. I had a more... My feeling was all of a sudden, like... Because I had my moments when I was like, oh, man, this is very Hollywoody, But in that sort of, like... Um, well, pretentious is a word that comes up. And so they're very aware of their pretentiousness at times, I think. So I think when you put people on the screen and no one is identifiable to your mass audience, that's what makes us think it's pretentious. You know what I mean? That's the only reason. Yeah, just because like, it's I don't not- identify with a, a wealthy man who's been able to live in quite luxurious accommodations for 10 years without having a job. This is a mystery to me. So I don't identify with him. No. The, the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law... The they seem pretty real to me. They seem more... I mean, the guy works, he's at But a, they still seem pretty real to me. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, yes, he had like, he a pretentious job, but... But he had to go to work, and they yeah. have a not a huge house or anything like that. The mother's life, while a little bit dreamy, I can totally see it. People who move into those kind of artsy-fartsy places, and, you know, I can accept that. But this guy, it was hard to... And then when he's at the party, that... Tells you they know the the conversations everybody's having just sound like really shallow, and when they're trying to talk to him about make a movie of his book, oh, yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh, you know. But even that at the beginning where he's uh, being introduced on the stage, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know that even it's that world he's in, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I love the uh, I lo- I, the concept of it. Is I think it was really well executed too. I think it's worth sticking through for the moment where he takes the typewriter near the end. I think it's oh yeah. I think it's uh, so. It's it's really well done the way they do it because it, it bubble, he's bubbling, isn't he? And then he just explodes at this point, and literally, t- it's like a remote control for her, but right in front of her. Like it's do- it's difficult to think of. It's difficult to think of it in real life. And when the stuff's coming out of her mouth that he's typing, and you're not seeing him type it, but you're hearing it coming out of her mouth, it it shows. It's it's like. This guy goes to a psychiatrist for a reason. This exactly. guy is really messed up, like, you know. Um, but I liked how some things are kind of unexplained about it, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what it reminds me of. It reminds me of something else we've watched, like... Kind of Groundhog Day to me, because it gives you this... An imperfect person who is, you know, self-absorbed. And then has to break down and realize, I can't, you know... Yeah, it is, yeah. I'm... It's not as old what we the get, top. Right? What we get is, he's just so... Internal. Very, yeah. That he can't even have a friend. He's not got a real friend, or his brother is it. Like, he's, he's just... You know, he's dog. Yeah. And the, the dog wouldn't have even been his choice. It was a choice told <laughs> exactly. to him by a psychiatrist. You should get a dog... Because when you go out walking a dog, you will meet people. People will be interested in the dog. Therefore, you can talk to them. It was all... That's why I find it when I keep thinking about a young woman writing it. 
Because it's so much from the point of view of someone who is inside their own self and sees the world through this, like, broken, completely self-absorbed thing. Like, I can't function in this world. Like, I'm, oh, you know. And though, but then I think about it, and she's still writing. Because even in the darkness, even though we get to a dark point, it's not the darkness that it could be. No. If you were writing, if you're doing this movie in an American Psycho kind of a way, the darkness of a dude writing a woman would be a whole different thing. Yeah. So she doesn't even go there with the idea of how bad it, how dark a man who's obviously now jealous, desperately lonely, desperately needy. What could a man really do? But let she me, mostly just let me put it, it to you in. this way: if this movie, if the lead character of this movie was the guy who Steve Coogan plays, and he gets the power. Oh, my God. It would be horrible. Or the brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think Steve Coogan, because it's creepy as shit, that It scene. is, but that was one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Not, he, that, not that it was that, but that when he approaches them, yeah. all of a sudden, this, this the charm that we have, we're still feeling sympathy for him, and like, oh, well, he's just a smart guy, and he's lonely, and then we see this glimmer of, Dun dun dun, and the music takes you there. Like he and he's driving fat. I mean, he's gone to that dark place. That's what I loved about that scene. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Moving on to the cast, Paul Dano or Dano plays Calvin Wearfields. He's the hero of the piece. I've always liked him since I saw him in The Girl Next Door, long time ago. Plays Clit, <laughs> Clits, Clits. Um, really good film, The Girl Next Door. In fact. Another thing, The Girl Next Door is similar to this because it's, it, you might think it's like a wacky, but it's really not. It's like a sentimental... Yeah. You, you might think, oh, a movie about some kids who, you know... The modern day risky business is what a lot a of people think about it. Yeah, and uh, they're going to make a porno. Might sound really outrageous and fun. But it ain't that at all, is it? It's, it is risky business, isn't it? It's a modern day risky business. It's um, It's more thoughtful than what what when you think about risky business too i mean i've thought about those kind of movies even risky business wasn't constant lightheartedness he gets broken down he's lonely he's doesn't know how to i mean i'm not giving any more meaning than it had but it wasn't just a constant romp it also had the like the darker side of it so joe pence was in now Paul, this Paul Dano, I think he's fantastic, and yeah, fantastic. there will be blood. But he was also amazing in that. I mean, he really goes there with things. I mean, there are lots of gestures and little actorly moments that you go, "Well, that was." It's totally him, but it's very actorly. But when it comes to the switch over between him being happy and so satisfied with her, when his face just goes da dun, yeah, and he's it's gone and he's lost his control. And he's got it. You can just see it all which, boiling up inside which of him. Which actually parallels to "There Will Be Blood." You know, he's this preacher guy, and he's very centered and stuff. And then you lo- that scene where he loses it. Yeah, it's to say he does that really well, playing the oh that guy seems okay, and then this face slips like the mask slips. Yeah, as, um, Jason, uh, not who's, who would say the mask slips? Yeah, <laughs> Christian Bale in American <laughs> Psycho. My mask has slipped. You know, oh, or Batman. It's very mask-oriented. But in uh, American <laughs> Psycho, it, it, that's how he explains his um I guess facade. the reason we think yeah. of these other movies is because something like American Psycho is not like this movie. However, it is about the idealized version. And in that one, it's of himself. Right. In American Psycho is there's an idealized version of what a person should be. What I should be. Like he can't take yet, it if he's not the, that. Yeah, but like, on the inside, I'm broken. And I, I can't... I'm... Horrible, it's a terrible serial killer. But what in this movie, it's more like I have an ideal, idealized version of other people. What other people need to be in order to make me happy. In fact, the scene in American Psycho, going off to American Psycho again, where you know um, Patrick Bateman's this very together guy, like a yuppie almost. You know, he's completely together. Everything about him is designer suits, the whole lot. And when somebody, they're in the business. Yeah, and somebody says, "Do you want to look at my new business card?" And it's better than his card, and it's an absolute like insult to him, and he it just ruins his like yep. demean. It ruins everything, doesn't it, about him? Like it, he can't deal with just like this small on the inside. On the inside, right? There's just like this, and it's very 
And then it becomes something he has to correct on his, from his about himself. Win, yeah, like because I am. Oh, there's a flaw in me because this guy who's not as good as me has a better business guy. Right. So it, it and that that moment in this Ruby Sparks at the end where he yeah that's he he examined himself. Well, he examined his creation. Yeah. Because of the Steve Coogan incident, and it was like this slip, wasn't it? Oh, it, it was, was. It was so. It's so like uh-huh. you're gonna go. Oh wow, where where's this gonna go from here? That was unexpected. Yeah, that's what I liked about it. That's what I say. It's not run of the mill, even though there are some run of the mill kind of elements. But I didn't know where it was gonna go. In fact, you know, the real, not real, real, not real. Oh, it's, it's clearly real. Oh, is it not? I liked that because I always kept my guessing. I was, oh, I always thought it was real. Right, but. I, uh, I never doubted it once people saw her. I thought, okay, that's it. They've established that she's real. I liked her when he first goes out in public and, yeah. she, and she just turns up. It's and fantastic. Like, and then he, the way, he says to the waiter, <laughs> where, you know, he, he says to the waiter, can you see this woman? And he's like, yeah, of course. And he grabs the waiter's arm and then puts the waiter's arm on her face. Like, <laughs> and they're both like, what <laughs> are you doing? She go, he goes through, she goes, he, you know, his it's hand those, might go through her. It's all. those little details yeah. that you think... You know, it adds, it makes this movie so, like, a little bit above, just because the performances, I think. Yeah. The writing is really good. The dialogue is really good. It does never feel like you, like, the brother is the symbol of all the things that would make it into a movie about yeah. creating a weird science kind of a movie. And I like that it is this movie, like an independent, smaller, low-budget movie. You know, a Fox Searchlight thing, rather than like a Jim Carrey movie or something. Because yes, the same concept could be applied to a Jim Carrey movie, right? Or you know, some Hollywoody. What would make the difference? It just wouldn't have come across as good. I don't think. How do you know? I think the mixture of people. You don't. You know, yes, there are some stars in here, but you know, I'm not familiar with the girl. There, there are some lesser known people. And the way it is comes across. It's not... Nobody's full of themselves, I don't think. Maybe Antonio Banderas. <laughs> but then that fits with his character. Whereas if it was like a big Hollywood blockbustery type thing, like Ricky Gervais's um, high concept... Uh, what was that called? Invention of lying. Yeah. I. That was a good <laughs> concept to me, but it got lost with all the glitz of it. Hmm. I like that this was grounded more. You know, probably didn't cost that much to make. Only a few locations, really, in this Ruby Spice. But everything yeah. is written well, and it comes together. You know, it doesn't need special effects, because it's not that type of thing, is it, you know? Not that we know of, but you never know these things. But it could have. some. You know, in, a, in different hands, it could have been... Special effects could have been involved. It could have been... I just like how it is. It's small. It feels realer, apart from the... Mm-hmm. So um, Zoe Kazan plays Ruby Sparks. First time I've seen her, I don't, you know, she, I noticed she's in some TV show, The L Word. Um, it's like a Showtime lesbian. They, they, what from what I could gather, it's like a lesbian Sex in the City type deal. Um, I don't know her. She is uh, pretty good though in this. She also wrote it. Yeah, she did write it. Yeah. Um, I think that at first I was like, okay, okay, she's fine. She's really playing into the all the bits that were, she's supposed to be the artsy fartsy quirky girl, and, blah, yeah. blah, and I was a little bit bored by that. Then, What's the movie? Then we- when it started going to where she need she wasn't that, and you're like, she is a real person. Right. Then she did a really the good movie job. with Jim Carrey where they're on the scooter and the Zoe Deschanel. She kind of like that. Me, ca- myself, and Irene. No. Yes, man. Oh. Reminded me of that actress, Zoe Deschanel, mm. I think she's called. But, um, yeah, you're right. It's not... This part's quite complicated. Because, obviously, she has to do a lot of changes throughout, doesn't she? She even turns into a child at one point, almost, doesn't she? Yeah, like, a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a, a big thing and that end part. Crazy. Uh, Annette Benin plays uh, Paul Dano's mother, Gertrude. It's very. She's not in it that much. No, but really. it's good. Yeah, it is good. I buy her as the mother. I mean, I understand. And like the changes she's made don't suit her son. Yep, the changes in her life. Right. Also, don't. But which is very realistic. But the parts of her that he doesn't seem to like, 
are the parts of her he put into Ruby. Right. She was an artist. She was a free spirit. And that is... She's a free spirit now. He wrote those things into Ruby. But what he liked about his mother was that she was controlled. And she was a certain image of a woman. And now she's not that anymore. Right. But in real life. Right. So not being able to control another Freudian thing. I can't control Ruby. She's got all these elements going on. I can't control... And I think it was trying to say, like, you know, if we any of us had a choice to write like that, like he gets that choice, things from us would would come into it without us even processing. Absolutely. Like, well, I did like this about that person. I did like, you know, without even thinking about it, you'd be like, oh, wow, that seems a bit like my mother. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, oh, totally. That is a Freudian thing anyway, isn't it? So um, Antonio Banderas plays more. Not the- sure. About Freudian thing, but that seems to be what we say about, isn't it? It is, though, isn't it? Anything psychological related to our mothers, we seem to call Freudian, but he came up with it for a reason. It's a slip, a Freudian slip. But if those things existed and he just sort of put words to it, it's not really Freudian, is it? It just is what it is. We're all very attached to our mothers. We're also very angry with our mothers. We also have very, like, hateful things about our mothers because they are a symbol of everything to us. You know what I mean? And he's got a definite... We have no father figure in this movie, which is interesting. Antonio Banderas. He's the stepfather. Not a father, but a stepfather, yeah. Um, Antonio Banderas that we were up to, yeah, he's pretty good. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's perfect, perfect. Yeah, it's... He's the opposite of what this guy is. Free. He's free. And then when you think again about the mother, she was with a very serious man. She even says... Right. That Calvin is a lot like his father. He was very serious. Now she's with the man who's more like Ruby. And more like her. He's free-spirited. He's bigger than life. He's very fun-loving. He loves the people around him. And Calvin can't quite cope with that. Yeah, That's why he needs to go and read in the treehouse on his own. I think it is. Like, there are people who live... I live a lot inside of my head as well. I've just learned to balance it out. That I can't just be... I mean, I could be just alone a lot. I'm fine with that. But I also know that's not super healthy. Now, there are people who don't seem to understand. They totally live in their anger and their, like, his thing is, I'm isolated because I can't cope. But if you just shake them and say, like, never shake a baby, but shake a grown-up who's, like, got this thing in their head about fucked up ideas about life and about themselves. And you just say, look, just... Loosen up. Write your book. Live your life. You know, lose the brooding, pouty bullshit, and you'll be fine. You know, you it's just want to do that. I know that's the thing, though. But it's in it's in a person's mind. It's, there's nothing real about it, other than it's real to you. That you're the one who can't cope with other people. You're that, the one who can't. Function. And that's what this film is about. It really is. He yeah. can't cope with his. He can't cope. So he ultimately with himself. His coping mechanism is. Because he can't control every little thing around right. him. Um, yeah, and it's, it's actually shown in at the beginning where he goes to a book seminar to do a speech and then he's leaving the place and all the people are yeah. kind of rushing him and he just can't... Yeah, wants to get away. Even though they're loving him and they all want to like interact with him, he just doesn't want to interact, does he? He just can't deal with it. So um, Chris Messina, I wanted to put him down. He plays Harry, the brother. Um, he he's good really job. good. And really I've good. seen him before. I just don't know. Like, It's not... I've seen him, a character actor, in other things. Just he's small really roles. good. But in this, he's really good. And at first I thought, I'm going to hate this character because he's going to be a douche completely, right? But he's kind of a mixture of a douche and a, an actual all right guy. Because when was the moment when you stopped not liking him? When you stopped, yeah, disliking him? When um, he... To me... Well, actually, it was when at the beginning where he said, will you read this? And he was sat reading it. And then he actually told him what he thought, but not in a... Sh- I was thinking, well, this guy's dumb. He's probably stupid. Mm-hmm. He's probably a football head and all that kind of stuff. But no, he had real thoughts. Like, <laughs> And I was like, well... And the okay. fact that this bro- this intellectual brother trusted the more superficial brother right. at all made me think, okay, well, he trusts he him enough. He must be all right. But the other moment, the main moment was when he said, you know, my wife left me once. Yeah. And I... I just like he he also can't cope. Right, yeah, they're both the without, same. Without, but right. he's learned to accept like he's actually learned to accept 
And he said, the why didn't you tell me? And he said, because uh, stuff was going on and she came back anyway. Right. <laughs> and that's when he already had the realization. Yes, my wife can be a bitch. Yes, my wife can be hard to deal with. But I love her anyway. Uh-huh. I love her. All of her. Don't like it all. That's just the way it is. So this shallow piece of shit brother that you don't want to like has already figured it out. Yeah, he has. Yeah. And this intellectual, clever brother who seems like the, you know, the one that you'd be like, oh, he's all, he's, he's the one to admire. Yeah, yeah it's, it's taken him a while to get around to it. So it's interesting. So uh, Steve Coogan plays Langdon Tharp. Um, <laughs> I love Steve Coogan and uh, he does crop up occasionally in uh, Hollywoodish movies, right? And this is a smallish role, but it's like perfect for him. It's like the thing... It's like the dudes he loves to hate. Yes, exactly. He loves to play those types, doesn't he, Liam? Sleazy. Yeah. Really sleazy. Yeah, but... Of that world that we saw. And I was thinking, oh, is Steve Coogan... We know Steve... I mean, we know Steve Coogan. Yeah, not a lot of people He's a comedian, and he's known for doing very outlandish, sarcastic characters, right? And as soon as I saw him on that stage, I was like, oh, no... Is Steve Coogan. This isn't that kind of movie, so this is going to mess it up if Steve Coogan starts being Steve Coogan. And then he didn't. He was very drew back. Like, he didn't do any funny... He was just this character. And he wasn't involved in their story. No, other than he wasn't he was funny, the, though. That he was, was the, the catalyst. Right. For He was more... Creepy. He didn't try and be funny. No. He, he just played, like, this guy. He was kind of a bit over-the-top, kind of a... Not over the top, but like pretentious kind yeah. of guy. But he didn't try and crack jokes. He didn't, so it worked for me. Because at first I was like, "Oh no, it's going to be really cheesy," and he's going to. Do- he also played sort of a played out kind yeah. of a guy. Like I'm a famous author. Yeah. But I've seen it all, done it all, fucked all the women I it wanted. It reminded like, me. There's another because what we're talking about is he comes across the ruby alone at the party and then tries to seduce her. Right. And. The vibe you get is... The vibe I got is he does that with everybody. <laughs> and Ruby, yeah, Ruby is nothing to him. But no. she's... The parts that made her interesting to Calvin, she's kind of a loner, she's a bit quirky, she's a bit independent, she's not like other women. He can tell when he first starts talking to her, because he says, so what do you do? And, and she, she says, said nothing. Nothing. And he went, oh, refreshing. Exactly. So the things that Calvin wants to have her be, those superficial interesting and I don't know yeah all those things that's what this guy's gonna go for and he's gonna he could get just that element fuck her and then the next day get away from her and use her up because of that whereas Calvin wants the whole thing all to himself and then finally Elliot Gould plays Dr. Rosenthal um not seen him for a long time it almost felt like oh wow Elliot Gould again (laughs) I'm convinced he's a psychologist Psychiatrist. It was really good, wasn't it? Was, and he yeah. even looked the part like. I mean, he looked like a guy who'd been doing that for 50 years. Today. Yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty good. All good performances from everybody. Absolutely. Um, directed- Except the girl who gave him the number. But then again, I thought, is she? could she be a real person? Kind of yeah, person? Yeah, like a groupie almost. like a. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Farris uh, directed it, and they directed Little Miss Sunshine. Which I uh, another cinematic blind spot because I never yeah, I never saw either. it. I've heard it's really good. Obviously, never got nominated it. for yeah, Picture of yeah, the Year. Yeah, exactly. So um, good. I mean, it's a it's an interesting film. I I think everybody should see it. I think it's really it's going to be underlooked because it's not. I mean, we're looking at another Blu-ray that we're going to review <laughs> <Yeah>. next. <instead. laughs> More people it's, will see that. Yeah, exactly, because it's like super um, publicized and people know everything about it. This movie's kind of go under the radar a little bit. I bet you not so many people see it as much. I think they should, though. It's really interesting look at something. Um, I just think that... It's not your if usual If you're watching... Story. Okay, this is how I think, as a woman who's who was married to a very controlling, very abusive-minded person, and my dad was also the same, that I think, okay, say I rent this and my my husband slash boyfriend is one of these dickheads, you know, and I'm watching it with him because I want, I'm like, yeah, see, he can't control everything I do. And that could be like the catalyst for like a really horrible fight or something. I don't know why. I just think that like, because it's so in your face at a certain point. Yeah. About controlling the other person. Yeah, but, the, but what's that really it's cool? Confronting. That I think scene. it would be confronting to people who have that element about them. It's like a... Um... Like people who demand that you say, 
do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Now, once in a while, I ask you, why do you love me today? Right? But I know people, women, who have to call or have their man say to them, like, to me, it's constant. Well, do you love me? You love me. Do you love me? Do you love me? Tell me you love me. Do you love me? Do you love me? And it's like, that's the thing I think that kind of creeps me out a little bit, that he's that person. He wants that. And then it, it's, he can't even write her to be just that. Because when he's at, like you said, at the point when she's saying it, but she's totally, it's totally tr- weird and creepy that that's what he wants to hear, but it's all distorted no. and weird. Right. So yeah, I, I I recommend it. I didn't have any expectations of this, but I'm actually I think it's really quality on every. Yeah, level. and I wouldn't hesitate to have teenagers watch it or a teenager. I don't. No, it doesn't like... seem R-rated. No, and I'm sure Ted. Yeah. Earns its R-rating because yeah, you know. But this, no, I don't. Um, I don't. Apart from mentions of uh, blowjobs and things like that, very Brief. very minimal, like. But in a real life context, hmm. it's not like. Yeah, it, it's not. It's, there's no character who, who swears all the time. There's nothing like that. It's mm-hmm. a bit more highbrow than that, if you know what I'm saying. So, um, yeah. Uh, so Blu-ray extras, and there are not many. And the the other thing is, I'm not going to be able to read them. I've got decent eyesight close up, but this is so small. Anyway, <laughs> there's a bunch of featurettes. But they're the kind of featurettes that they show on the Fox Movie Channel to get you interested in watching this movie. So they don't really tell you anything. And if you've just seen the movie, it feels like you're just watching Deja Vu um, roll. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, we just saw that scene. Yeah, we just saw that scene. And then somebody... They show you the scene and then somebody explains what the scene was. Yeah. Or they show you, like, a pastiche of stuff and it's like, oh, this is a movie about blah, 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 blah. And then a person goes, this is a movie about blah, blah, <laughs> yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's the same. So, yeah, all of those. It is very informative. They're pretty redundant. And it's really common on these Fox Searchlight movies um, to have that kind of extra. There's never any proper extra. There's just the Fox movie channel. Define extra. proper extra. Like... In like, case Fox Light people are watching. Like on the Dark Knight. Fox Searchlight, whatever. The Dark Knight Rises. It's like a, an actual documentary showing you how they made the movie. But I wouldn't be interested in how they made this movie. I'm more interested right, but in I'd what, like how Zoe Kazan yeah. wrote it. Yeah, yeah. But this doesn't tell you that, does it? No. It, it's just like... Like making of this movie is pretty standard. Right. You know what I'd like to see an extra on something like this? The writers, uh, the writer in this instance to sit down with somebody like Charlie Rose and mm. talk about the creative process of this, where the story came from. You know, a commentary could also achieve that, but there isn't one, right? So, um, yeah, it's just a bunch of, you know, don't buy this for the extras is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for the movie. Um, so, in conclusion, recommended by me. I think it's really good. Um, we're going to have to choose our best movies of the year uh, next uh, for the next podcast. Um, will this come up there? Mm. No. You know, but um, so uh, yeah, a latecomer to the party recommended by you. I recommend it to people, yes, very good. Very, very <laughs> not everyone will, not everyone will like it, obviously. But I'll um, put that as the uh quote for the review. I recommend this to people, <laughs> to people, but you got to put that thing I did. I shrugged my shoulders yeah. and did like to people with a question mark. I, I recommend right. this to people because. <coughs> Even though it's written by a young woman, I still feel like m- the majority of it, until we get around to the heart of it, now this makes me sound really sexist, but it's more of a man's love story. It's because it's a man who wants a woman to be what he wants. But it's also- And then when that starts to crumble, it's like he can't cope. Now that is totally from what I think of as that troubled dude's point of view she somehow flings it around she understands it completely that's why it's so good it is really so um yeah recommended uh thanks to fox for the blu-ray if you want to enter a contest we've got a couple actually going on the site ascully.com go and enter a contest uh next week's blue <coughs> next week's blu-ray and it isn't actually next week because next week we're off for a week uh we will be back on new year's eve apparently that's what it says on my little thing there. Oh, but New Year's Eve, that's a Monday. That was, that's when the podcast will go up. Oh, right. So, if you, 
if you, you'll get a podcast on New Year's Eve, and it will be the final podcast of the year, obviously. It will include our top movies of the year, which we like to do at that time of year, and maybe top video games of the year. Oh, definitely. Um, and it will also be the review of Ted on, the, on Blu-ray. So tune in on New Year's Eve. Why couldn't this week be the week we took off? <laughs> so um, tune in on New Year's Eve. Yeah, so next week... They will not be a podcast, but there will be one the week after. So, But you get that little holiday. Yeah, I was going to say, you'll, so you'll all be, be busy <laughs> in Turkey and uh, well, hopefully in Tofurky and, uh, you know. Not open, everyone. Open not everyone gifts. will be busy constantly, but we assume that because everyone says you're supposed to be busy, but not everybody is. Just metaphorically busy doing Christmas things. Pulling, not everybody. Pulling crackers. Or if you're not, uh, into, if you're not um, religious or you don't celebrate um Christmas, you'll be uh, working or sleeping. That's it? Those are the only choices people have? <laughs> <That's it. laughs> like, they're either listening to our podcast, or, or they're movies. at work, or they're asleep, and that's it. Or watching Like, movies. they have no other options. Correct. So, um... And if you... But the thing is, that could be the perfect day. If you haven't listened to all 253, you could go back from the beginning. <laughs> are they all still out there to listen to? Yes. Hi. They are. Um, new movie game didn't think of one this week we've retired the game now yeah um, the new game will start next year okay um, I have a concept for it but we've not worked it out fully <laughs> so um, yeah no movie game this week so say goodbye to movie memory one two three goodbye, you will be you will be missed you'll be sorely missed you'll be in our movie memories forever so, so uh, yeah so <laughs> movie recommend- the reason he's groaning is because my screensaver keeps coming on and that's Exactly reason, when I need to read He thinks something. he <laughs> always has to look uh-huh. at my computer and not his own. It's oh. right over there. All right, so yeah, then I have to talk over You have over to turn there. around. You don't have to talk. You just look at it. So, um... Oh, if only I could write some things down <laughs> that would change your behavior. <laughs> so, movie recommendations this week from me are Punch Drunk Love, because you can see how that applies to mm-hmm. this movie, and The Girl Next Door. Which also applies to this movie because Paul Dano's in both of them. And they also have the same kind of sentiment. <coughs> Sorry about that. Mm. You just deafened a thousand people mm. on the subway tube. They've had, co- they've had colds before. <laughs> All right. My recommendations? I forgot what they are. Oh, yeah. Um, Heathers. If anyone has seen the 80s movie Heathers with Christian Slater and Winona Ryder... It is also about, like, a, in a weird way, she wants this idealized version of this troubled, yeah. broken dude who seems really cool and really interesting to her because she wants somebody who's, you know, mm, rebellious and shit. And then it just goes horribly wrong. Backfires. Yeah, in a very weird way. And if you haven't seen Heathers and you're my age, 45, then shame on you because you should have seen it. At least while you were in college. And it was, uh, they did. Oh, re- my other recommendation. They did release it on Blu ray, Heather's, uh, last year, I think. Oh, really? So I should watch it again. And my other recommendation is What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Because it is another. It popped into my mind because. Um, Gilbert. Is Gilbert Grape. Leonardo. No, I forget. I always Johnny forget. Depp? Yeah, he's Johnny. He's the brother of. Mm hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio, who's troubled, right? You know, challenged, and there's an unconditional love and a obligation by choice there that I that reminds me of you love someone, all of them, you know. In that circumstance, it's a brother loving a brother, and you can't change the thing about the person. He can't change his brother. He just has to accept him the way he is and go on and, and keep loving him the way he is. So that just popped into my mind at some point. So, it's a troubling movie, that, when you think about it. Yep. So that's uh, movie <laughs> recommendations this week. Games and A-Scully stuff not been playing much this week. Just want to remind everybody, this weekend, by the time you get this, it'll be too late. It's, pla- <laughs> it's a Call of Duty double XP weekend. Hopefully you've all been enjoying it. You get double XP. You can play lots of Black Ops. And you can level up. And secondly, one other game I've been playing this week is Formula One Race Stars. Now, this is a weird game. Really weird. Because Formula One, big sport, you know, um, huge in Europe, huge all over the world, actually. 
Well, this, you think, oh, Formula One race stars. That sounds like a cool game. You can be a Formula One driver. You can race. You can uh, go through a career. No, it's a kart racing game like Mario Kart with big bobble-headed real life. <laughs> really? Yes. <coughs> it even surprises me. So, like, the characters are, like, real Formula One racing drivers, but, like, with small bodies and massive heads, like bobble heads. And they're in little Formula One cars that have weapons on them. You feel the boardroom, don't you, in that one? The tracks are not based on real Formula One tracks, which is also really weird to me. You they're, feel the, like, okay, guys, what can we do to get, get our game some attention? I don't get it at all. I don't... I, so, I'll tell you, what I don't get about it is, and I played it for a few hours the other day, is... Kart racing games are fun. Mario Kart is the prime example. You can play Mario Kart forever. It's so fun. You know, you fire shells at people, you knock them off the track, you win. You know, it's just really cool. This is a Mario Kart clone with Formula One license added in there, which is really unnecessary. They don't capitalize on the tracks. All the tracks are not based on Formula One tracks. It would have been cool to have Silverstone, but kind of like a funky, fun version of Silverstone. No, they just make up a track with a loop-the-loop and things like that in this game. Um, game Do you think, does it seem like that was a game and then they were they just wanted to attach Formula license. 1 yeah, to I it? Yeah, I think something like that. So, it also, the other thing is Formula 1, right? Formula 1 cars. What do you think about when you think Formula 1 cars? I have no idea. You know, like in real life. I don't know. What do those cars do? Race? Yeah, do they go? They go fast, right? They're really fast oh, cars, yes. like they're two, over two hundred mile an hour cars. This game feels like you are going five miles an hour, oh. and I'm not. And I'm not kidding. Like it's like it's like yeah, put 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 yeah. Put, and put. then occasionally you get a turbo boost uh, power up off the track. You pick it up like in Mario Kart, and when you press that, it feels like you're going ten mile an hour. <laughs> Everything feels like super slow. Formula One racing is about going two hundred mile an hour. Why did they not make it feel like you were going very fast? It's like Almost like, oh, the other thing. You're driving down the track and you're going five mile an hour. You're feeling top of the world. Your car's maxing out. It sounds like it's going 200 mile an hour. It's like, but you're really going five mile an hour. And then in the middle of the track, the track designs, they put grass, like growing. And when you hit the grass, you go really slow. And that happens all the time. Who thought that was fun? Why is that in the game? It's like, oh, I'm going five mile an hour. Here's some grass. Now I'm going two mile an hour, and to get back to five mile an hour, it's going to take me a few seconds. Like, it's dumb. Like in, like Mario Kart. So you'd like a commentary over the game, so you could hear what they're thinking. I don't get it, because like, if you wanted to make Mario Kart, then you could have at least made it fast. The weapons are fun to fire at each other. You know, it looks cool. And Is that what the, the thing was, maybe? Cross-pollinate Mario Kart with Formula One. Well, that's exactly what it is, but... It doesn't fit, like... Because if you're going to... If it's Formula One, well, then the cars have to be fast. Um, and they look like Formula One cars, apart from them being really small. They're really small and your character's really big, so it looks like... Right. Weird. I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. It's by Codemasters, the guys who make Dirt and Grid. They're the all awesome... They make awesome real racing games. I don't know what this was. I don't know why. And I don't know who cares about, like, Formula One stars... I mean, yeah, if you follow Formula One, you would love to see Jacques Villeneuve and the the people that you're liking. But do you want to see them as a bobblehead in a really slow car? Is that, <laughs> is that funny? Description. Like, is that Maybe that's funny if you're really into Formula One and you scroll through all the characters and you're like, ah, look at that. It's Jacques Villeneuve with a massive head. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I don't get it. So Formula One race stars, I would stay clear of it. Stay clear of it. See what I did there? Yeah. Uh, don't, no, don't bother. Yeah. So that's it for um, Games and Ace stuff this week. What's for dinner? Sid Talk. Tonight we're going with the basics, because I don't want to do anything. Veggie burger, peas and fries. Sounds good. That's the standard. Turn on the oven, throw it all in. That's it. And my advice is more of a comment. That love isn't need. Love is not needing. That's it. Nice. Like, I love you. I choose to love you. It isn't uncontrollable. I don't need you in my life to survive. I don't need you. Well, thank you. I don't need you to survive. I will keep breathing and living, and I would go on with my life. I don't need you, but I choose to want you, and you choose to be here. And the same goes the other way. You don't need me. 
You might feel like you do because you would ma- can't imagine like day to day life, but you don't need me. But you choose to love me, faults and all. <laughs> so thank you for listening to the show. Uh, remind you about our websites, ascully.com and sidtalk.com. You can go to those websites and enjoy them. There's a bunch of new artwork on sidtalk, C I D T A L K. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. Thanks for the comments over Twitter this week. I had quite a few comments from new people who listen to the podcast and like it. Um, oh, this is a great opportunity for them to hear me sounding really blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Why did I post it? Where did all these new people come from? <clears throat> oh, I posted the podcast somewhere, really. Where did I post it? I don't know, but I'm going to have to go quick. All right. <laughs> like, really quick. Goodbye. So, uh, thanks for listening to the show. Think for yourself, or someone will do it for you. And uh, you can catch us on Twitter, Facebook. Xbox Live, YouTube, Zoom, Marketplace, if you want to download this, the RSS feed. And uh, that's it. Stay classy. 2012.